Welcome to the Skeptic's Guide to Investing with Steve Davenport and Clem Miller. Every two weeks, Steve and Clem bring you brief investment insights you may not find anywhere else. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Here are Steve and Clem. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the third episode of Skeptic's Guide to Investing. On today's episode of Skeptic's Guide to Investing, Clem and I are going to discuss why buying and selling Bitcoin or other crypto tokens is a highly speculative endeavor, not even remotely worthy of being called investing. We are motivated to do this episode because of the recent fraud convictions of Sam Bankman-Fried, or as we'll refer to him, SBF, who stole money from thousands of crypto customers. Now, here's Clem. Thanks, Steve. So Sam Bankman-Fried's or SBF's firm, FTX, operated as a kind of pretend currency exchange based offshore in the Bahamas. Many people deposited real U.S. dollars with FTX for use in buying and selling crypto tokens. Should have been obvious that offshore banking havens are not really trustworthy places uh, to keep one's money necessarily. So it seems that FTX customers may not have really done their homework. But what attracted potential customers to SBF uh, and his firm was his personal media savvy. His appearances in the financial media made him look like some kind of wunderkind of crypto. Additionally, FTX advertised on the Super Bowl and elsewhere, including a Larry David commercial at the Super Bowl. FTX eventually blew up and filed for bankruptcy. The bankruptcy receiver, a forensic accountant who had worked on the Enron fraud, said of FTX that, quote, never in my career have I seen such a complete failure of corporate controls and such a complete absence of financial information as occurred here. I think that's some statement, Steve. What's sad is that FTX is far from the only crypto company that has gone into some form of bankruptcy. We've seen implosions at Voyager D Digital, Three Arrows Capital, BlockFi, Genesis, and Celsius, among others. And SBF isn't the only crypto firm founder to have been indicted or charged with securities fraud. Do Kwan, whose firm TerraFirm had invented the Terra U Terra USD and Luna tokens was indicted and later apprehended as a fugitive in the tiny Balkan state of Montenegro. The Terra USD crashed even though it was advertised as a so-called stablecoin. Additionally, Justin's son was charged by the SEC with securities fraud. His firm, BitTorrent, had invented the Tron and BitTorrent tokens. Interestingly, the SEC also sued the many celebrities who touted Justin Sun's tokens. Justin Sun is a Chinese-born citizen of the tiny Caribbean country of Grenada. The SEC has also filed enforcement actions against Coinbase uh, for combining unregulated securities exchange and brokering activities. Also, the SEC has charged Binance and its owner, Changpeng Zhao, with similar violations of securities laws. We could go on and on, uh, and it's certainly useful to briefly point out the various untruths that have separated customers uh, from their real dollars. So what do you think, Steve? Sure, Clem. There are several ideas to unpack here. 
Technology used for the purposes of security and transferability are always going to get attention. We would like to solve all of our problems with a good dose of new ideas. Think of cybersecurity, for example. But crypto takes this to a different level. Imagine you're a citizen of a restrictive regime, i.e. China, Russia, or Iran, or in an unstable country, i.e. Colombia. You're going to want some magic bullet mechanism to move money around without relying on the official banking system, which could be impacted at any moment by capital controls. Also, if you're a regular resident of Russia or Iran, you're going to be concerned that financial sanctions, especially those related to SWIFT, could impact your ability to transfer money. While these sanctions may be aimed at bad actors, regular folks could get impacted. A lot of people in more stable countries like the U.S. look at these unstable countries and are fearful that something similar could happen here. Also, inflation is a scary thing. They feel that the U.S. dollar could someday collapse amid hyperinflation or that the U.S. might impose capital controls. So they, too, are looking for some mechanism outside the banking system. So all that creates some demand for a magic bullet solution. However, the problem is that criminals and fraudsters got involved in promoting crypto as that solution, which has led to the current mess. Now, perhaps unsurprisingly, central banks are toying with the idea of doing their own tokenization, central bank digital currencies. This would be a way of trying to offer people a degree of perceived safety. But that probably won't stop criminals to trying to end run the central banks too. So Steve, let's uh, let's take a look at some of the, uh, let's call them myths or arguments uh, uh, that uh, were put forward by the crypto promoters uh, that really uh, did not make sense uh as uh as all of this criminality and fraud took place so first and foremost is really this uh what i would call nonsense uh that bitcoin and other crypto uh tokens are a so-called store of value a characteristic that you can say is offered by gold and other precious metals reinforcing are you being uh, cynical clem what are you <laughs> yeah, being cynical? cynical i am being cynical that's that's true uh, this is Skeptic's Guide to Investing. <laughs> so reinforcing uh, this nonsense is that the crypto tokens, which lack any physical existence, are often represented as gold-colored coins. You can see that you know, online. You can see it in the press. Uh, you would think that, uh, that Bitcoin and other crypto coins actually have uh, gold and uh, platinum and, and whatever physical existence, but they don't. They're just bits and bytes on uh, on computer systems. So one argument for Bitcoin's so-called store of value uh, was that it had a limited supply, sort of an algorithmic li limited supply, unlike, say, the US dollar. But there's two problems with that argument. First, it does not recognize that Bitcoin is not unique that many other crypto tokens are available to those who want to buy them. So Bitcoin, not unique. And actually, some of these other uh, coins, uh, some of these other tokens is a better expression for them, 
are not are not themselves algorithmically limited. There's no there's no ceiling on how many that uh, can be created uh, as Bitcoin is. Uh, and second, Bitcoin uh, doesn't it's it's limit limitation process and this argument about limited supply doesn't recognize a process called forking. Uh, which can spawn many Bitcoin babies off the original, adding to overall Bitcoin family supply. So in essence, we hear all about the limited supply of Bitcoin, but it's really a false argument, a false assertion, given that there are so many other uh, crypto tokens and Bitcoin itself uh, can have babies. Second major untruth is that the so-called blockchain uh, underlying some crypto tokens represent some kind of advanced technology on a par with artificial intelligence. You often see, for example, technology ETFs, uh, which uh, will lump together uh, blockchain miners, uh, crypto miners that are blockchain companies, uh, together with uh, artificial intelligence companies, robotics companies, and the like. Blockchains do have some value for some companies as a form of secure record keeping device. But really, the blockchain concept itself is really hardly rocket science. The crypto promoters who talked at length about blockchains in seemingly scientific jargon were essentially communicating to unwary customers. And I, here, I, again, I'm being cynical, Steve, uh, that we're selling you the future and you should trust us because we have very smart people who understand this stuff way better than you ever will. So that's, you know, they're, they're trying to tell you, you know, get with the act. You're going to miss out and trust us to do the right thing. That same over-the-top spirit of promotion is what drove the infamous and cringy Matt Damon Crypto.com commercial. Fortune favors the brave. No, Matt, crypto is not like the Wright brothers, the moon landing, or a future Mars landing. Yeah, Clem, it wasn't just Larry David and Matt Damon. Think of Tom Brady and Giselle. The uh... The golden couple had a great thing going, and then Tom decided to share his investment uh, in FTX with Giselle, um, which he got from doing a commercial. So they were fortunate to share something that had a value at one point of almost $200 million, but eventually went to zero. Um, or... Elon Musk's promotion of Dogecoin, whose material representation looks like the breed of a dog he owns. <laughs> These coins were created as a joke and then started to trade and then started to have value. I don't know how um, you or I could create something that has billions of dollars of value, but we certainly need to look into it if it uh, can be done legitimately. <laughs> Today's question from the mailbag, have either of you purchased Bitcoin or other crypto? And I'll go first. Um, I've never bought Bitcoin or other tokens. I have bought Coinbase stock as a pseudo play in the space because I believed if people were going to keep trading them, I might as well try to own the exchange where they're traded. And in that way, whether it's good or bad trading, um, the commission is the commission. And I thought it was a place that had a lot of potential, um, but the volatility and the fallout from FTX 
um, I wasn't as courageous as to be long-term um, that I normally try to be. So I got out of my Coinbase. I lost 20%, and I feel bad, but I also feel like um, it taught me a lesson, which is to know my investments a lot better. How about you? So, Steve, uh, I have never invested, like you, I've never invested in a crypto token like Bitcoin. Uh, I I did not invest in Coinbase, although I think that, you know, at one point it did certainly look kind of interesting. Uh, but, you know, I had some better opportunities in my portfolio. And so I never uh, invested in that. Um, I and, you know, there are, I, I haven't invested in any of the mining companies, the Bitcoin mining companies. There are certainly quite a few of those that are out there. And. Uh, you know, they just uh, they they're far from meeting my my own particular investment criteria, and I you know I didn't trust the whole process as you know as I've noted in this uh, in this uh, you know particular segment of skeptics uh, guide. Um, I do have investments in Mastercard and Visa, and while Mastercard and Visa uh, have payments uh, programs that cover you know, real currencies, they also allow for some payments in uh, crypto tokens, although that's a very small sliver of what MasterCard and Visa actually do. So MasterCard and Visa, highly profitable companies, fast growing companies, uh, between the two of them, a monopoly uh, in what they do in, in their particular industry. That's why I own them, not because they they dabble in crypto. Uh, crypto isn't even a plus. It's uh, if anything, it's a, a minus in my view for them. But um, it's such a small sliver of what they do that uh, it, it doesn't impact my uh, my overall positive view of Mastercard and Visa. So why don't you give us some takeaways from today, Clem? What do you think about the issues of Sam Bankman-Fried and crypto? So I think crypto has too many factors making it uh, not investable. So obviously pricing, uh, reference value, for example, uh, also uh, all of the criminality and fraud that we've been talking about uh, on this broadcast. Uh, so that's one thing. Second thing is, is really something that we should, as a takeaway for all of our you know, future discussions and in general, how we should be looking at investing. And that is, New concepts can offer excitement, but you really can't uh, spend what can what can't be priced. And you know you you know you can't look at every new idea and every new exciting thing as really a legitimate investment. Uh, you really have to do your due diligence and homework. Third thing I would say is you know SBF. He took advantage of holes in the regulatory process and also really used and abused celebrity endorsement. And you know that's something that we all have to look out for. Just because somebody's on TV or somebody's trying to uh, influence the regulatory process and, and, and politics doesn't mean they're necessarily somebody that you should invest alongside with. And then the fourth thing, Really, another thing that we should all keep in mind as we invest our own money 
is don't ever assume that others have done uh, your homework or done their homework uh, or your homework for you. It's your money. I'll repeat that again. It's your money and you really have to do your own homework. If you don't understand something, then don't invest in it. If you don't understand crypto, don't let somebody make you feel like a fool for not understanding it. Just don't invest in it. Yeah, I think that your comments are great, Suklam. And the, the one thing I always thought of when I thought of crypto is it's a trade. It's not an investment. If you think of it as a trade and that you can do something for a short period of time and have some knowledge about something that's this difficult to price, I think you're not really respecting the other people in the market who might have more information and might have more ideas on how the value is actually determined. So uh, I think it's great advice and some great takeaways. Our next episode is going to cover the ongoing drama, which is Fed watching. Fed interest rate policy, slow the economy, but not too slow. Please join us for another spirited discussion. Thanks, Clem. Thanks, Steve. The views shared on this podcast represent the personal investment views of the hosts. They are for educational purposes and not meant to be taken as investment advice. Listeners should consult their own investment, legal, and tax advisors. Past performance of any investments is not a guarantee for future return. 